come to church because we believe that God helps people. <laughs> Isn't that true? We come to church because we need help, because we believe God helps people. We're not just coming for another sermon. We're coming because we believe that God has the answer. God has the answer, and God can, and he will help people. That's why we're here. And I, I couldn't help this morning just feel the love of God just around, you know, maybe a few people that I know are, are not, and not centering anyone out, but just um, dealing with some things and just began to feel his heart yeah. and just to remind us that's why we come. Yes. That's why we're here. Because we believe that he's good. Because we believe that he can and that he will. Isn't that good? And it's good to be reminded. It's good to be reminded sometimes when we live in our little bubble and all we hang around are these cool people who have it all together. Anybody <laughs> in one of those groups? At least they're pretending they do. And then we meet some people who look like they don't have it all together. And we come into this moment and hopefully we're not looking at them and wondering or judging them, but we're just like, yay, God. Yeah, yay, God, I remember when they really needed you and you helped them. Yeah. I remember God. That's why their hands are raised. And I, I started thinking about, you know, how I, I said, said to Pastor Ian and probably a few other people, you know, God, I just want you to just knock everybody out this morning. <laughs> So I'm okay if I don't have to say a thing. I'm prepared. But I'm just like, you know what, God? Whatever that looks like for you in your life and me in my life to have felt like we were touched by God today, isn't that what we want? And so I, saw, I said that to Pastor Ian this morning. I said, you know, I'm, I'm really good. And so can we just do that this morning? Because that's why we come. We come. This is school. This is school for us. And it's important because we're exposed to things that maybe we never thought or realigned with things that we've forgotten. But when we are touched by him, when we encounter him, whether it's in worship or whether it's in a hug, whether it's in a smile, whether it's just standing in the building, walking into the building, that's where we are forever changed. In him, in his presence so we have to come to school because we have to learn or sometimes unlearn. Sometimes unlearn. You know, if we grew up our whole life and all we ever heard was God's going to get you. And it was kind of messy in our heads and we didn't really understand it, but it sort of seemed like it in our life. And, and we're coming and we're going, oh, yes, I understand. There's this thing called cause and effect and it's not God at all but it's laws and things that we've set in motion. But when we keep coming to school, we don't just learn that, although, whew, that's a big relief. Another really big relief. You know, it's a relief to know that God's on our side, that he loves us. Come on. Come on. In that moment, you know, when you get that diagnosis, and you might come to church, you know, and you put it all together, and you look really good, but, you know, when you get that diagnosis, and it's just you and that diagnosis, and what are you gonna do? It's really good at that moment to know that you serve a God that can and will. Woo! Hallelujah! So when you hear testimonies like Emma, 
Emma's, you know, this morning, and I know that Jess, Pastor Justice, wanted to get people up here, and she wanted to pray for people and do all of that, but just let's just lift our hands, and can we just dedicate the whole service? Can we just dedicate this whole service today? That whatever you need this morning, whatever you need today, I'm here to tell you that God can and that he will. That God can and that he will. And we've been learning with Pastor Alex the last number of times that we've been with him as he talked about the, the father whose child was, you know, continually, thank you God for your presence. Yeah, just let your presence fall. Just let your presence fall. And just do what you want to do today, Father. Just have your way, God. I was thinking about a football game or maybe the movies, you know, when you leave and if, you, if you're not, like, booking it out of there and you actually turn around for a minute, it's a mess. <laughs> It's a mess, isn't it? And you know, sometimes when we come to church and when God touches you, you know, like for some of us, we got to just find the right kind of mascara. Because something happens when you get in the presence of God and you don't want to be a mess. But it's the one place. Isn't that what King David said? When his wife, you know, watched him and he's just experiencing this like inner victory. You don't know how long I wanted to see this happen kind of thing. And now I'm watching it right before my eyes. Woo! And something happens to you. Right? You know, something happens. Somebody buys your coffee and, you know, someone says yes when, they, when you thought it was going to be no. And you're like, Come on, don't tell me you don't do that. Come on. Maybe you look a little more dignified than me. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we're called to. That's the life that we're called to every day. But the big thing about coming to school is that we get to the place where we realize Living supernaturally, it's just who you are. It's just who I am. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that we were made, I'm made, you are made. Think about it. We're made in his image. I don't know if God looks like you or you look like him. <laughs> you know how we do that? You're like, you look just like me. I'm like, no, I'm older than you. You look like me. That's right, yeah. We look like God. We're made in his image. Made in his class. We're made in his likeness. And we were never meant to live a natural day. But we come to school, like I was saying, so that we learn. Sure. When that's your family, when he's your dad, the stuff comes with the family. Yeah. 
But we come to school. Like, does anybody, maybe somebody needs to let that lady know that we're not at school. I know. So that we would learn. Sure. There's life beyond our wildest dreams. I think what God's saying to us this morning when we see a need you know how do we respond? Are we judging? Or are we realizing that maybe just maybe like Emma said when you wake up morning after morning after morning and all you want to do is throw the covers back over your head and the whole world is spinning and you don't know, you know, maybe you're going to get out of bed, but you don't know what your next steps are. So much of the world is in that place. Whether it's a diagnosis whether they've been served divorce papers, whether they got a no to go to the university of their dreams. Come on. Disappointment is real. It's real. Hopelessness is real. And we have the answer. So God's desire is that, yes, we would come, and yes, we would learn that he can and that he will, but that we would go beyond that. Part of being born in his image, in his likeness, it goes beyond, yay, I get the gold, <laughs> so to speak. I get to go into my dad's closets and into his fridge, and I get to drive his car, you know. But that we would carry his heart. Yeah. Amen. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. And you know what? You know what? Because I'm just like you. I am... Um, I got to check myself. You know, I was driving the other day, and one thing I really endeavor to do if we ever are driving, and I'm going to get to my notes on what it is that the Lord wants to say, but I'm just going to just, you know, just be. And um, I, you know, when you go around St. Catharines, there's a corner there, and there's always somebody with a sign, and, you know, and I've always endeavored to, doesn't matter, you know, I, I, what I used to do is I used to like look and see, oh, look at their shoes, their shoes. It's, you know, they're faking it, they're faking it. I was always looking for something. Oh, look at their bike, come on now, that bike is brand new. Come on, anybody ever done that in the room? And then the Lord dealt with me, of course, <laughs> in only the way he can. And I, then I feel like, you know what? If you got the nerve to stand on the corner, <laughs> come on, then more power to you. And I, I did that the other day, you know, I, I was telling Pastor Rina, I was by myself, which is very rare, I was driving um, to the Penn Center, and so I'm like, quick, anything, what I got in my pockets? And I rolled down the window, and all I had was a toonie. And so I, I, I gave the man a toonie, and he's like, he looks at me, and he's like, I had my window all the way down. And he's like, you know, gets right like up in my window. And he's like, don't you have a 20 or something like that? 
And I'm like, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and I said, how about being thankful? <laughs> I'm sure it's not too long before you're going to have 20. But the judgment, we're not judging. We're loving. Amen. We're learning to love. Amen. Because I got, the mad was like right there. I'm like, give me my two bucks back. <laughs> no. And then I'm like, okay, God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we're called to superhuman. The Lord gave me this picture just a few days ago, and I shared it with some of the women that I met with. And I see this picture of like Samson. And maybe he's not a really good analogy because we all know that he was super strong in the might of the Lord. But I see this picture of this man and he's carrying this, you know, not little, this little itsy bitsy little rock, but this like rock that was bigger than him. And I, I heard the Lord say that I've called you to, or what I've called you to, is superhuman work. Superhuman work. It took a superhuman moment not to cuss the man out. No. <laughs> superhuman work. And he said, superhuman work demands supernatural help. It demands supernatural help. Hmm. I heard Kenneth Copeland say this morning, you know, and Pastor Ian just did that to someone the other day. He said, someone complimented his message. And Brother Copeland was saying the same thing. He said he worked, he had the privilege of working with Oral Roberts, who has since gone home to be with the Lord. Great, 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 great man of God. And he said he would go, he said he learned, he only did it a couple of times, he never did it again. Well, I saw someone do it to Pastor Ian the other day. They said, I loved your sermon. It was so awesome. And he said to them immediately, what'd you learn? And they're like, <laughs> and he said something very interesting. He said he did it a few times. He never did it again. But he said something very interesting. He said, we have to decide when we come to school. We have to decide that we're going to learn something. You have to have decided or decide right now. Maybe all you do is put in your phone or on a piece of paper or somehow stick in memory, but hey, I wouldn't trust that if I were you. <laughs> we have to decide that we're going to learn something today. And can I tell you something? It isn't dependent on whether you like me or whether you like what I'm saying or how I'm saying it or how I'm dressed. When we decide that we are going to learn, that we are going to grow, God meets us. Yes. It creates a vacuum for him. It creates a vortex for him. And he will make sure, I mean, I get to see it at times when a believer makes this decision, you know, like this decision. Right? Like this quality decision. For real. A for real decision. Not just a, oh, I'm going to diet. Oh, 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 tomorrow. 
I've been doing that. Oh, oh I'm going to fast. <laughs> it's been two weeks now. <laughs> and we have this birthday and that birthday and this birthday and that birthday. And <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't God good? He's so good. He's so good. So we decide today. Say, I'm deciding. deciding. Say, I've decided decided. to learn something something today. today. Say, Holy Spirit, Spirit. I open up up my eyes eyes and my ears ears to hear hear or see, see. to understand something new. Something Something new. Now, let me tell you this. Something new is not necessarily something you've never heard. It's not necessarily something you've never heard. Maybe it's my, that's like a prophetic aha moment. Maybe what you learned today is that Jesus is fun. Maybe you know you've been experiencing Jesus in that moment by yourself. And all you just keep seeing him do is these crazy things when you close your eyes, like race car driving and calling you and to get in the passenger seat. And you're like, what am I seeing? <laughs> that can't be the God that sits on the throne. And we learn that not only is he God, almighty God, the God who died for our sins, But he loves adventure, and he loves fun. He loves good, clean fun, and he believes you can have fun, good, clean fun. Now, I was at a dinner table with people that I didn't know a few weeks ago, and I was sitting beside, I usually find myself with the children. Maybe it's all my silliness, I'm not sure. So I'm sitting beside this little boy who's 12, and, and then a Uh, a girl across from him who's maybe 16 and they're having this discussion as many of the people at the table are drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and we could find ourselves in these precarious situations and so they're having this discussion and I'm eavesdropping which is what I usually do (laughs) where there's a crowd and people watching or listening to conversations (laughs) and he says you know, you could never have fun without drinking. I'm not coming down on people who drink. Okay. Necessarily, no. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you could never have fun and drink. I mean, how could you ever have fun and drink? How could you ever have fun without drinking? Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> you weren't even there. <laughs> She's a good listener. And the girl who was sitting across from him, who had, I don't know how I got myself here. I'm going to dig myself out in a minute. (laughs) The girl who responded, he's 12, she's 16, was a girl who is very familiar with putting her mom to sleep. Over and over again because of alcohol. Things little kids shouldn't have to do, you know. And she looked at him kind of like my, oh. And she looked at him and she said, just be fun. (laughs) 
He said, how can you have fun? And she said, just be fun. That's a novel idea. <laughs> Jesus makes us fun. When we find ourselves, like Emma said, and all the layers get peeled away, and we relearn what fun really is, where we don't wake up the next day and wonder what we did or who we hurt. We just learn how to have fun. Amen. So superhuman work. Amen. Because I feel like what God wants me to tell you today, if I never get there, is I, I, I just love to hang on to words that God says. I love to hang on to words that he will say at the beginning of the year or if there's a time where we've come together corporately and we fasted and prayed and, and God says something that's like you just know that it's, this is not just an everyday word. This is like a word for all of us. And, and God said some amazing words over 2019. And God said this to me. So what I, what I love to be able to do is I love to be able to remind us all. I need a reminder. <laughs> you know? But I love, to, I love to because that word is a standard for us. Some of you know that. That word is a standard. And that's something that I love to be able to do. People who work with me maybe don't necessarily love it, but I, I try to hold the standard high. I, I believe in excellence. I believe that if God asks us to do something that we can, because he graces us, just like that father, that I, the story that I started and never finished, you know, and he's just saying, you know, help my son, help my son. And, and the good news is that if you're here today and you're like, I've never heard any of this stuff before, you know, the father cried out and he knew enough to, he said, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me believe. Help me to believe you. But I, I know that if he didn't believe that Jesus could, because he followed him a little and he heard some stories and he didn't know that he would, he learned that by following him. He learned that by going to school, so to speak, following him around. He learned that every day. He decided, he made some decisions out of a desperate situation that really had no way out. When he saw Jesus, maybe it got his attention, and he could have just turned away. He decided that he was going to pay a little bit more attention until he was transformed and got enough boldness how many of you know you see one wacky thing, you don't go up to the person? And Jesus was wacky in his day, excuse the terminology. He did crazy things we would call crazy. I think sometimes God does those things to, to get our attention. I think God does those things because if God, if God doesn't do those things, then I don't know, as human beings, we have this tendency to want to live in these nice, neat little boxes. Don't we? We just want to live in what we would call this nice, neat, perfect little world. You know, sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll get, you know, if you change one thing in a room and then you walk by that room and you're like, oh no, something's not right with that room. And you're just like uneasy. I know that's shallow, don't judge me. You know, but, but he is all about bringing that sense of peace into every world. Right? He's all about bringing that sense of peace. And everywhere he went, people are always looking for comfort and safety and peace. And Jesus was all about bringing and is all about bringing and ever will be about bringing comfort and safety and peace. But not exactly 
in the way that we would expect it, and certainly not so that we would live what we would call average lives. Amen? We're never meant to live a natural day. When we live naturally and we don't begin to come to school and decide that we're going to learn, guess what? We will live naturally by default. But when we come and we've endeavored to learn and get that in our heads, we're made in his image and his likeness. I'm made in his image and in his likeness. I am a supernatural being. Yes, I have a physical body, but I am a spirit man. I've been called to live a supernatural life, and I've been given a comforter, a helper. Do you know that Holy Spirit's job in the unseen realm is to do exactly the same thing that Jesus did when he walked on the earth? Do you know that? Have you ever thought about that? Holy Spirit, who Emma was talking about getting filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, what he does in the unseen realm, not in the natural, not in the flesh, not in what you can see, but his job is to do exactly what Jesus did. The Bible tells us he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Everywhere he went, he went preaching and teaching and healing. Preaching and teaching and healing. You know, we're here today, and that's why God can say so boldly, whatever it is that you need today, Whatever it is that you need today, whatever it is that you desire, just like Pastor Alex said, maybe you're like that father and would say, hey, that's a good deal. I really have some things in my life that I'm facing. Hey, I really have some emptiness in my life and I, I want life to become more meaningful. I don't know what it is for you, but Jesus wants to meet you wherever you are today and he can and he will. The thing is, the funny thing is, is that we keep trying to make this Christian experience natural. We keep trying to ground Holy Spirit and he will not be grounded. He doesn't live in the natural, although he is everywhere at all times. He lives in the realms of the Spirit. Hmm, that makes it somewhat stretching and challenging for us because God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I have sent another comforter, one who will walk alongside of you, one who will help you, one whose comfort, you know, I don't, I, I can't imagine like some people are really good huggers. Not me. I'm like, after a minute, I'm like, okay, guys, like, let go. <laughs> Long enough. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are we good? Ooh. We're endeavoring to learn how to live supernaturally. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? God who you can't see but you can hear, will give you pictures. I think they send you away for that kind of stuff, don't they? <laughs> Who gives the greatest comfort? How about this? How about the fact that he's in the future? He's in right now. How about the fact that 
He knows your future. So that there's the possibility when, when we get through, we're made in the image and likeness of God, and he's here, but we can't see him. But your word tells us that we can learn to relate to him as though he's actually here. And over time, you know, you'll find yourself talking to him out loud and people will walk in the room and be like, hmm. Because the more you practice, the more you practice, we decide, we learn, and we decide, and we practice. And that's how we grow the more real he becomes, the more real this life becomes. Amen. So I felt like what he wanted me to remind you of is this, and we're gonna maybe touch a few things, is the words over 2019 were absolutely, they're always amazing, but 2019 declares to be this year beyond our wildest dreams. Wow. I've been finding myself saying Lord, teach me to dream with you. Teach me to dream. Because I got big dreams. You got big dreams. <laughs> but he's got bigger dreams. Teach me to dream so that they, it's not just an idea that floats through the air, but it's something that's tangible, that hits my heart, wakes me up every morning and gives me a sense of purpose in my life beyond myself. Because can I tell you something? I know this word's been sort of floating around, you know, this word called suffering. And in Hebrews chapter five, the scripture tells us that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. But the only suffering that we're called to do as a Christian is the suffering that it takes, and it does, is to prefer God, to prefer God, to prefer God, and to prefer others over ourselves. And that's not always easy. Pastor Ian gives this example. He says, you know, how hard is it when you walk into the Mercedes dealership or, you know, and you haven't consulted, right? What's in my future? You know, what's coming down the pike, God? Is this good for me or not good for me? I don't know, you know. And we, we, but we take those steps without learning who we are and the life that we're called to live. How difficult is it when you go in there? Like I have a car that I've been believing God for and you'll judge me if I tell you what it is. Then it's the same car you are loving. <laughs> I have been for a few years. <laughs> it's not a Lamborghini. Hallelujah. Superhuman work demands supernatural help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your help. For causing us to know in those moments where we stand inside of a dealership and we, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, we can talk ourselves into anything. Right? I can, you can't. I'm like, yeah, honey, come on. 
yeah, this will be good. And I could come up with a really million ideas of why it's a really good idea. It's the dumb, dumbest idea. I'm trying to get my grandchildren a pool right now. <laughs> my husband has, Pastor Ian has, ne I grew up with a pool and he's never wanted a pool. <laughs> so I'm coming up with a million and one. What are we in March? Yeah. I have a little bit of time. How many of you are with me? Come on, how many are with me? Come on, come on, come on. I need a little bit of help. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's go somewhere. It's a year of abundant harvest. Amen. I heard the Lord say, great seeds produce great harvests. Great seeds produce great harvests. Do you know that you can come to school? Going a step further. You can come to school and you can hear things. You can hear the will of God for your life like a year beyond your wildest dreams. And that word to you and I is a seed. The most amazing thing is that every word that God says is a seed and within that seed is the faith to bring that thing to pass. Not just any faith, but when God says something, it's God's faith inside of the word that God says. So when Mark chapter 11 tells us to have the faith of God, have the faith of God, have the faith of God, when we come to school, we're hearing about the heart of God and the mind of God and the will of God we have to trust him when we're hearing something that seems like it's way out there. You know, a, a cancer diagnosis or a, a, your knee's always going to be bad or you're never going to overcome this. It's ne you're never going to find anyone for you. You're never going to have the job that you would dream of. You're never going to, because you were born into the wrong family, on the wrong side of the tracks. You missed school. Now you're done. You missed your opportunity. It's never coming around again. How do you know that's the voice of the enemy? And God's here to plant those seeds. Maybe, like I said, not something that you've never heard before, but maybe because hmm, you've heard it before, you're actually hearing it for the first time. And that word, if we will take it, is a seed that Mark 11 tells us will come to pass. Amen? If we grab hold of it. 2019 is also a year, Jerry Seville, of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. And then lastly, 2019 is a year of bigger and better in every single way. Bigger and better. So if you have a business, bigger and better means bigger impact. If you're a parent, bigger impact with your children. If you're in a business, bigger impact with your clients farther reach in the name of Jesus, bigger in size in the name of Jesus, bigger and better. Hallelujah. That's what God has for us this year. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
And with those words, as we come and we learn about God, we make that decision and we step into this thing, what we're learning to do, hallelujah, it's not that we don't see the enemies. It's not that we don't have the troubles or the trials. But what we learn to do is we see the enemy but highlight the greatness of God. We learn to highlight the greatness of God. Amen? Rather than highlighting the enemy and staying where we are. Hallelujah. So in Hebrews chapter 6, I'm going to go speedily because I think I have five minutes. Hallelujah. Whenever we receive the word, we're always challenged in what we believe. You get a word that's going to change your life. Mark chapter 4 says that the enemy is going to come and steal that word from you if he can. Isn't that good news? But God tells us that so that we would be armed and we would understand how he works. And you want to know if it's a word? Here's a clue. You want to know if it's a word that will change your life? The moment you heard it, you were challenged with it. You heard about finances? Man, it was the word of encouragement you needed. Tomorrow morning, no, I'm not prophesying that, but in the past maybe, you got a bill that was astronomical in the mail, and you're like, oh, gosh. Worry, 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 worry. Nothing changes on the spot. This stuff doesn't work. We're done. And he was successful. But when we learn that every word that God gives us is a seed that will produce a harvest, and that it's not our faith, but it's the faith of God that will grow on the inside of us. Well, we don't doubt the faith of God, do we? It's the faith of God on the inside of us that will grow and change that circumstance to what we want. So the word that we receive, hallelujah, comes with all of the help that we need to get us higher, to get us into breakthrough, to get us into a new place, to get us into all these amazing things beyond our wildest dreams. Wow, he's amazing, isn't he? Wow, like that is so audacious. How could God say that to you and I in this region? Beyond, doesn't God see? Beyond our wildest dreams. Because it's his faith. It's his seeds. They're his promise. It's his intention of where he wants to get us to. But listen to this. And I, I need to get here, okay? So faith is, this, is, he's talking to us about, you know, great seeds produce great harvest and the faith of God. Faith is basically being persuaded of God, being persuaded because we've learned about God through his word and we've learned about God in his presence. That's how you learn about, how you learn about God. You learn about him through the Bible and you learn about him through encounter. You can learn about him through other people giving testimonies and stories like that, okay, but it's, it's predominantly, that's how we're hearing it as people are sharing the Bible or things in the Bible, that kind of thing, okay? And so faith is being persuaded Rather than hesitating, which is something that we hit on in our week of fasting and prayer, or withdrawing our claim. I love those words. You know, I just went through like four months of, I won't tell you the name of a, the company with my winter jacket. And I wanted to withdraw my claim. Because <laughs> it was 
arduous and long and I needed my coat. And some of you know that the enemy, when you got a word from God that's going to change your life, he's going to do his best to draw it out and increase the pressure. And when you come to school, you learn about what to do to get them off your back. Come on. You learn what to do, how to get them off your back. You learn what to do, how to speed things up. How important is that? You feel like you're going to jump. You come to church one day, you hear something, you've decided you're going to learn. You hear something, you put it into action. And you rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and do what you can. And that seed grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And when he comes, you're like, nah, 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 nah. You know, I mean, not really, but I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> but he is defeated. He is defeated. And we're just like, just deal with my big brother, okay? But, but that doesn't just happen. That's why there's so much misunderstanding in the church. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Because when we come to school, we haven't decided to learn something. And so we've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, and we have been harassed. And there have been delays. But you know what we learned on Wednesday night? That there is not a situation, if you are pursuing God, if you're pursuing God, there is not a situation that you are finding yourself in right now where maybe right under your nose, God has given you the way of escape. And all you have to do is step in. Come on. All, if we've been listening, you know the scripture says all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. And we're like, hallelujah. But that's a certain person. How do you know that? You can't claim that unless you are to the best of your ability, not perfect, but moving, you're making steps in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Making steps, making a decision, grabbing hold of what he's saying, letting it be planted, doing what the requirement is on your part. The father's requirement was to go run after Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, her requirement was, man, talk about a challenge. What must have been going through that lady's head? Right? She's a woman with the issue of blood. She's not allowed to be found in public. She's going to be stoned, cast out. Don't you think all that stuff's going through her head? But she's hearing about Jesus and hearing about Jesus. And do you know that that's intentional? You know that God, when you're seeking out God and you're crying out to God, how many of you know that things, you know, they cross your path. There's, there's no such thing as an accident. That if you're crying out to God for something and all of a sudden you see something that maybe resembles it, can I just suggest that maybe, just maybe, that's God? And I firmly believe in the, in the life of that woman who's crying out to God. That he's all of these stories, all of these stories, all of these stories about this man, Jesus, and what he's doing. How many of you know that she, would have, she could have said, I am, I don't want to say, I wouldn't say this, but she might have said this. <laughs> sick is a bad confession. She might have said, she was sick. 
And she shouldn't have said that because she had stayed sick. She might have said, I am sick and tired of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I am sick and tired of hearing that he's good. I am sick and tired. Cancel those words in Jesus' name. Get it? How do we know we have a, cho a choice? We have to choose. We are made in his image and likeness. And what makes us great? Listen, you ready? Other than that, what makes us great and what separates us other than Holy Spirit's help, which is everything, is the ability to decide. The ability to choose. No one can choose for you. But when you choose him, if your heart is sincere, he will make sure, like that woman, the message will come. And 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 then we must choose. And the words and the thoughts, what if they see you? What if they see you? What if you're caught? What if you're found? You know, it's like you watch those court cases and they tell you, you know, you're not really giving them a good option. Like, they hold out, they're, they're no good. They do this, they're risking, every, they're risking everything both ways. How do you know that's what the world lives in? You don't know what's coming your way. But with God, we know. Yes. We know that he means what he says and he says what he means. So let, this is what Hebrews 6 says. Everybody okay? Okay, it says this. Let us go on. Go on. You've heard the promises? Go on. You still need to hear the same promises? Maybe you heard them today and you're like, wow, I never heard that before. <laughs> well, that's okay if you've never been here. We're super glad you're here. And that's awesome that you've never heard it before. But chances are, <laughs> if this is your house, you've heard it. But what God is saying to us is, we got to go on. We got to go beyond just knowing what 2019 says. We got to go to the next level. So I don't feel like God wants me to just mention something today that the enemy, that's a strategy of the enemy. Because we can't, if all we do is we just know that 2019 is a great year and there's never any, anything that's coming out of here and there's never anything that God is requiring of us in that regard. Because you know when you plant a seed in the ground, you have to what? Tend to it, water. There's stuff we got to do. So it's not enough for you to just come and go, woo, great year, yeah, great year, great year, great year, but you never find yourself. It's never coming out of your mouth and you're never responding to it. And that's what God's saying. He says, we got to move on, guys. We got, if this is going to be manifest in your life, we got to move on. We got to move beyond just hearing this. Hallelujah. He says, we got to go on past the elementary stage, advancing on to maturity toward completeness without going back. We got to move on and not keep circling around or thinking of withdrawing our claim, it doesn't work, and going back 
this idea of faith in God. He said, these are, I'm skipping through if you're following with me, these are important matters in which you should have been proficient. It's okay. It's okay. Long ago. Right? So we're learning what faith looks like, what it sounds like, how it responds. And why is God, is God saying this to, you know, spank us or judge us? No. But, he, but he's saying, you need to get proficient in this. You need to remember this. I remember when I first started learning about hearing, you know, praying before the Lord, and I remember, you know, this idea of bringing it up to the Lord and thinking, like, Lord, don't you know I have three children? I'm busy. I don't have a minute to myself. And he said, you have to learn how to keep this on your mind. I can't and won't do this for you. So we need to become proficient and he goes on to say, which is great, he says, and we will do this. That is, proceed to maturity. Amen. We will not deviate or fall away. Hallelujah. We're not going to fall away in faith. We're not going to. Our allegiance, just because we have to hang on, isn't going anywhere else. He says, soil that drinks the rain that, fall, which, that falls on it on the ground and produces crops receives a blessing from God. So it's he's saying, we come and we're the soil and the word goes and the word goes and the word, so we're drinking in the Lord, we're drinking in what he's saying and he says there's a blessing to those who drink, who receive, who drink and receive. He says, um, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I gotta speed, speed up, speed up. Okay. He says this, um, hallelujah. He says this, beloved, even though we speak to you in this way, we are convinced of better things concerning you and of things that accompany salvation or God's highest good for, for each one of us. For God is not unjust so as to forget the work of love that we have shown for his name in ministering to the needs of those who are around us. He says, we desire for each one of you to show that same diligence all the way through that we would enjoy the full assurance of hope unto the end. That we would, what did all that say? You know, he's saying, you step into God and God gets you to do these things and then it feels like they're fruitless or they're not going anyway, anywhere. And God's saying, it's impossible to hear the word for me to water on you, for your heart to be open and a blessing not be on its way. He's saying, you know, my prayer for you is that you would stay in hope until the end. Until the end. So that you will not be, he says, and this is the part I want to read, and then... Um, we're going to close. He says, be, be not spiritually sluggish, or that word is also slothful, that we would not be slothful, but that we would hope until the end, in, and, but, and that we would be imitators of those who through faith, which is a leaning on God with an absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power, 
and that we would, by patient endurance, even when we're challenged because we're not seeing what God said yet, right? We are patiently enduring so that we can inherit the promises. I want, so I want to give you two definitions. So he's saying we need to move on. We need to realize that there are some things that God said, lots of things. But what's the one thing maybe in your life that God said that you're not needing to be reminded of anymore, but you're moving on to maturity? If you go to Hebrews chapter 5, it says the way that we mature is by practice. The scripture says by reason of use, we mature. We've got to practice, 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 practice. So the word, the word patience, what is patience? Patience, that's what we're doing, is we're patiently enduring because we believe that when God waters the soil, it's inevitable for blessing. Patience, then, is the capacity to accept delay without getting upset. Without complaining. It's the ability to continue to keep going despite the delays or the difficulties. Keep going. And it's the ability to remain calm. So here's the strategy of the enemy. And then we're going to close. And we're going to open up the altars. And hallelujah. So, so this is a clip from Rick Renner. And he's, how many of you love his sparkling gems? So he says this out of, out of Hebrews chapter 6. He says, there's a difference between laziness and slothfulness. And so Hebrews 6.12 tells us not to be slothful, but to be followers of those who through faith and patience will inherit. How many of you know if you're believing God for something, you might as well learn how to get there so that you're not frustrated and you actually get what you're believing God for. He says, he says this, the word slothful is the word nothros, and it's describing something that is dull, something, now this is a strategy of the enemy while you are patiently enduring. It's something that he's going to do. It's not a coincidence if you feel this way, but today you're like, aha, uh -huh, I understand. And hopefully what we do is we dig our heels in a little deeper and we continue. Okay, that's God's intention. So he says it's something that's dull, something, so maybe your Christianity, maybe saying that scripture for the thousandth time, you're feeling like this is dull, this is monotonous, I am so unexcited about this right now. <laughs> you know, you do that with your confession list. You're like, ugh. <laughs> something that is slow and sluggish or something that has lost its speed or its momentum. This something is still moving, but it isn't moving with the same speed and aggressiveness that it once had. So speed and aggressiveness is important. It has lost the drive the thrust, the impetus, you're like, this explains, uh, uh, explains my Christianity, you know, or, or what is it, describes. No. And the speed that it once had. He's, it, he goes on to say, this presents the idea of someone who was once zealous, on fire, in love, passionate, devoted, eager 
about something, but whose zeal has now gone. Okay, I'm here to tell you today that you're not bad if that's happened. I mean, if you turned and went in the other direction, well, maybe that's your answer. But if you're still moving towards the promise and you're feeling these feelings, I'm here to tell you that it's an attack of the enemy so that you will not endure. Does that make sense? Okay, so he goes on to say this. Um, the Greek word nothros could be typified by a candle that no longer burns brightly as it once did. I mean, you know, the book of Revelations talks, when Jesus talks to the Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, he talks to them about one thing that he has against them, and that is that they've lost their first love, right? They lost their focus. They've got distracted by so many loves, but the one main one is gone, okay? It's a candle that burned brightly once, and now its flame has dwindled a mere flicker of its original intensity. The candle still gives light, but not the way that it once did. Thus the word nothros, excuse me, if you're a Greek scholar, does, doesn't present the picture of laziness. Rather, it speaks of someone who has lost his zeal or his intense conviction about a matter that was, was once of great importance to him. Wow. What level is that? Level four, level three. Ooh, good again. Focus. Focus. We are in our season of focus. Okay? Focus. Because God's not a liar. If he said it, he will make it good. But you, we have to endure to the end. And I don't know how long the end is, but you got to endure to the end if you're going to see it. It denotes a person who has become disinterested. Wow. And whose zeal has been replaced with a middle-of-the-road, take-it-or-leave-it mentality. How many of you know that happened to Esau? How many of you know that he waited his whole life to receive the blessing that came at the last minute when his father's going to give the blessing? How many of you know he gets hungry? How many of you know he changed his priorities and a bowl of stew was more important to him than the right of the firstborn, which was ugh, the key to the bank. Right? Somehow, his desire, he waited and waited and waited and waited and lost his zeal. And he's like, ah, I don't want that anyway. How oh, you've had God, God, you had something on your heart for years, and all of a sudden you feel like, ah, I don't, need, I don't think we need to do that. Maybe you don't need to do it, but maybe you've lost your zeal for it and the enemy has gotten in. Hallelujah. So let me just read this and then I'm done. He said, when I grasped what the word slothful meant, this is Rick Renner, he said, I began wishing that the Lord had accused me of laziness. He said, I saw that slothfulness has nothing to do with the amount of energy that you or I put out to do a job. Instead, it speaks of an inward condition. Even though it may look like we're going somewhere on the outside, inwardly we are stuck in neutral. And because of that, we are going nowhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I believe, you know, as I call pastor, maybe Jess is going to give you some announcements. I know I kind of 
went to London and then Toronto and New York and here we are. Amen. And so if you feel like that's you today, I, I could honestly say that there are things that I just want to go, hmm, about right now. I remember I just be candid and come on up, Pastor Jess, but I remember with Buffalo. I mean, you're hearing about Buffalo, but Buffalo's been our, in our hearts for oof, 15 years, praying and praying and praying. And, you know, I remember maybe a year ago, the Lord said to me, I mean, I can tell you don't want to do this. And he said to me, but with everything that is in you, you better stir it up and muster it up because there is a season where your foot needs to hit the ground there and it isn't about what you feel like, it's about what the will of God is and the timing of God is. And so maybe that's you in some areas. Maybe it is because you've, you've gotten busy with life and you've lost your first love. I want to pray for you this morning. God wants to meet you. He's going to meet us with passion. He's going to meet us with fire. He's going to meet us with zeal. He's going to pick us up and put us on the right track. Hallelujah. Back on track. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Because we need that tenacity yes. and that zeal. Amen. Faith has nothing to do with how you or I feel. It has everything to do with what God said. Yes. We can't reason that. It doesn't have to make sense. Mm -hmm. Remember where Holy Spirit is? Yeah, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We got to learn the ways of the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. 
If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.